Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another edition of the Agents of Inclusion podcast brought to you by Special Olympics and Odyssey. I'm JR of the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. New editions with new inspirational athletes drop every Wednesday. And if you haven't subscribed, do so now. What are you waiting for? And this episode is going to take us out to Rhode Island for a check-in with Mary Ellen Powers. She's not only an athlete, but she works for the Special Olympics office there as well. She's a woman of many talents, skills, and an advocate for inclusion. So much so that she'll be heading to Berlin, Germany for the Global Athlete Congress, taking place during the Special Olympics World Games. Let's learn more about Mary Ellen, how she got involved, and what she is working on next. It's another edition of the Agents of Inclusion podcast, and this week we are going right out to Rhode Island, as I mentioned, to have a conversation with Mary Ellen Powers. We're going to figure out what she does, who she is, how she got involved with Special Olympics, and some of the cool things that she has coming up here over the next just really couple of weeks, especially uh, one part of it may include Europe as well. Mary Ellen, how are you? Very good, thank you. Good, good. Good to have you here. I guess the first question out of the box, who are you? What do you do? What does a day-to-day look like? And then we'll get into some of your past work. Okay. So um, I am the administrative assistant and athlete leadership specialist for Special Olympics Rhode Island. Um, I work full-time uh, here at Special Olympics and I um, my life is Special Olympics. I, Okay. And so what is what does that role entail day to day being on the administrative side up in Rhode Island? What are, what are you doing on a day to day basis? So I've been the administrative assistant um, here for almost 12 years and I have typical administrative responsibilities such as answering the phone, greeting guests at the door, um, opening and distributing mail. I scan checks. I um I complete projects um, for the office, for the program department, for the development uh, department. At some point, I help everybody in the office. So I I enjoy being busy. Um, We have our state summer games coming up. So we're in uh, the busiest time of the year right now. It's our first full weekend back. So we're we're all very excited, you know, as an athlete, as a staff member. Um, So it's a very exciting time of year. That's awesome. So you're basically the glue. You do it all. If you're not there, everything falls apart, right? That's what they tell me. (laughs) I certainly understand. And so you mentioned being an athlete as well. So which one came first? Were you working in the office with your job or were you an athlete? I was an athlete first. I uh, got involved when I was a teenager. Nice. And so what got you involved and what sports did you participate in? So when I first joined Special Olympics, um, well, even before then, as a teenager back in the 90s, I was bullied a lot. Um, I was teased. I had 
fake friends who were nice to my face, but were talking about me behind my back. As my friends started to date, boys didn't like me at all, like as a friend or, um, or I was being teased. And it took a huge toll on my self-confidence and um, to the point where I developed low self-esteem and I became very shy. And most of it took place in middle school and a little bit of high school. But during my junior year of high school, I had, um, well, throughout my whole school experience, I had a small group of friends that I knew I could trust. And as I got involved um, in high school, I started to become friends with other people who have intellectual disabilities as well as myself. And they became part of my, my small group of friends. And one friend in particular said, come check out Special Olympics with me. So I went to a bowling practice with her and it was everything. I did not know what to expect, but it was like a magical experience for me because I walked through the door, people were coming up to me, saying hello to me. Everyone was so kind and welcoming. No one was judging me. It was a great experience. In fact, the first person who introduced themselves to me is one of my very best friends today. That's pretty awesome. Now, did you have any any trepidation? Were you afraid at going at first? They were like, hey, come out to this bowling event. Were you just kind of like, I don't want to do that? Or were you just ready to check it out? Um, I had heard I heard about it. Um, and so I was I was kind of interested. I wasn't very athletic in school, um, but I've always loved swimming. Um, bowling. I would kind of laugh at myself because I wasn't that good. But um, once I got bowling was the first sport that I uh, started with and I was so bad. I called myself the gutter queen, but then I, um, you know, I heard swimming was an option. So I'm like, all right, let me try swimming. And I've loved it. I've been doing that for 24 years. That's awesome. So bowling helped open up the door. I suck at bowling too. So don't, 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 don't <laughs> worry about that. You started off with bowling and then you, you went over to swimming. And so you, you're still active swimming today to this day. Yes, in fact, um, next weekend at our uh, summer games, I um, am participating in a new event for me, a 100-meter backstroke. And I've never done a 100-meter anything, so I'm very excited about it. So what what got you involved in swimming? I assume you were swimming before you 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 became a Special Olympics athlete. You, you were in the pool back at home or somebody's friend's house. Or what got you involved with the love of swimming? Um, I've loved the water ever since I was a little girl. Like um, there are even pictures of me at um, my aunt and uncle's house when they had a big uh, pool uh, with a diving board, and I was like every family party, I was in that pool. So it kind of just stuck with me <laughs> growing up. That's, that's awesome. Were there any other sports that you you tried your hand at, or anything else that you want to get into besides I, bowling and swimming? I did do other sports. Um, I did do basketball for a while and soccer, but unfortunately a torn ACL stopped me from playing contact sports like that. But I still kept them involved as I could. Like I would go and watch the tournaments. Um, I met my boyfriend, I met my boyfriend through Special Olympics and he plays basketball. So I'm always there for him as a cheerleader and, and to see my other friends too. And I even tried coaching for a little while with my team. So, um, you know, I'm hoping to do that again. So. You know, you can take me out the court, but you can't take the game out of me. Oh, I like that. That's <laughs> that's a little bit of the Mamba mentality right there. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So bowling, swimming, basketball, coaching, you're doing all this amazing work. You, you sound like you're the glue at the office up in Rhode Island. What inspires you to do all of these things? My biggest inspiration is the athletes, the athletes that I've met. I, you know, and it, you know, I enjoy everything I do com, um, competing, but I also enjoy 
seeing it too. Like I'm very observ I'm very observant. Like I see the impact that Special Olympics has on other athletes. You know, I love seeing my friends compete and being there for them, and seeing the joy in their eyes when they get um, uh, a medal. And even you know, not everyone loves a ribbon, but it's nice when someone is excited to see a ribbon too. It's a great feeling. And um, you know, athlete leaders too. Um, you know, seeing someone else give a speech or seeing uh, someone in an athlete leader role is a great feeling to witness that. And um, my biggest, another big inspiration for me is Eunice K. Shriver because she started all this. You know, she took what she created in her backyard into a global movement. And I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times. And the first time I met her, I said, "Thank you, you know, thank you for what you did for us athletes." And on a personal note, my biggest inspiration is my father because he was a competitive runner for many years um, since he was a teenager. And every time I would get out and compete, most especially with swimming, he would always say, give me advice. And he'd say, finish strong. So uh, no matter what what I do, like I took swimming off during the worst of COVID and I'm, this is my first year back competing. And, you know, I can't wait till he said, tells me the day before uh, summer games, you got this to finish strong. And I'm also inspired by my nieces and nephews. My nieces do Irish dance. My nephews are runners um, like my father has been. And I see the goals that they set for themselves and that inspire me. So in addition to what my coaches give me in my sports, I also uh, give myself goals uh, that I want to accomplish. And as a swimmer, my biggest hurdle is the swim cap because one size does not fit all. And it has fallen off many times. And But so far this year, it hasn't happened. So I wanted to stay that way. <laughs> Mariellen, you mentioned athlete leadership, and I want to ask you what that is and, and what the program entails. I know you're going to be going out to Berlin as well, but the first part of, of your response, you detailed that that watching the athletes inspires you and, and what they get out of it. When you think about all the time that you've personally spent involved with Special Olympics, what have you gotten out of it? I'd say the biggest thing I have gained, um, and especially um, through athlete leadership, is my self-confidence back. And, you know, it, it was that first step of walking into that bowling practice, meeting people. But it took a long time for me to get over my shyness and to come out of my shell, as some people have told me. Um, you know, that is has been the greatest benefit for me. And, you know, with athlete leadership, you know, um, you're out there, you're, um, you're an advocate for other athletes, you're speaking up for people. And that's something I always struggle with, especially when I was being bullied back in the day. Um, so I feel like Special Olympics has shaped me into who I am today. Describe the athlete leadership program. What does that mean? How do you get involved? Who's a part of it? What's the deal? So athlete leadership is where athletes can serve in leadership roles outside of competition for Special Olympics. They can be, um, we've been called global messengers. Um, now here in Rhode Island, we're calling it athlete spokespersons, where you're going out into the community, giving speeches, t talking about yourself, selling Special Olympics um, in a way. You know, you want people to get involved. You want to bring in volunteers. You want to bring in new athletes, sponsors. And hearing someone speak about their experience is a very powerful tool. And um, we have athletes serving on committees, um, our board of directors. And um, so that athlete representation is very important because, you know, we're an organization for athletes, but we're also led by athletes. Not my words. I learned that from one of the trainings that I participated in, and it just stuck with me, and I use that all the time. Um, and there are so many different opportunities um, being offered at different 
in different states um, and around the world. But here in Rhode Island, like we're focusing a lot on, you know, getting um, getting more athletes to give speeches uh, at spokespersons, getting more athlete representation on our committees and our board of directors. I've heard personally so many amazing stories from from athletes, athlete leaders, just just people flat period about, you know, opening up your mind and, and giving people an opportunity and a chance. And you'd be shocked at, at what comes out as a result. Can you just give me your thoughts on 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 misconceptions that exist? And there's always barriers and false barriers. People kind of operate in a box and it's not until you step out of it that you go, oh, my God, you can do this. Can you talk just about that a little bit? Sure. So um, and especially with um, my disability, I have mosaic down syndrome. So at first glance, you can't tell that I have a disability. Like I have more of the physical features when I was a baby. And um, but I'm always an advocate for um, people of all ability levels. I have a younger brother with autism. He's on the lower end of the spectrum, but I advocate for him all the time. Um, he can talk. Um, his, you know, his language isn't you know all that perfect, but um, me and my family work hard at advocating for him. And what I bring to Special Olympics, I always make sure that we are advocating for athletes of that ability level as well, because some people have a hard time finding their voice, and some you know there are athletes who don't have voice either. So we want to be able to help get their message across as best as we can help them communicate. And. I think at the end of the day, everybody, what, what anyone would want is just a, an equal shot or a chance to contribute to society. I, I think that's I think that's what anybody would look for. Absolutely. And um, I think another um, important misconception is that um, people call us kids. That drives me nuts. I'm 40. <laughs> I'm not a kid anymore. In fact, I'm one of the younger athletes on my team um, that I could participate on because, um, you know, we're as old as in our 80s, as young as eight. And there's a, there are great programs in the, at the school level with the unified sports. They didn't have that when I went to high school. Um, but I'm so glad to see what they have now that, and that there is something for every single age group. And of course, you know, I've always been very passionate about not using the R word. And no matter what context is being used, it's still hurtful because, you know, it was our diagnosis before um, it was changed to intellectual disabilities. And I'm so proud of um, how it has changed over the years and how, you know, the fact that doctors are, are making the promise to not say that anymore and going with, with a different um, terminology, celebrities taking the pledge and just hearing people on a day-to-day basis uh, come to that realization, like that, that hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry. And they, they learn from it. So we've come a long way from that. Words, words are powerful. How have mm-hmm. you seen that change in, in your about 25 years being involved in a movement? Just the power of words. Just knowing that people stop and think um, before they speak, I, um, you know, that's come a long way. Acceptance, inclusion, um, you know, even though I wish I had that um, opportunity when I was in high school, uh, middle school, but knowing what it is today, I got to see a banner school presentation a few months ago um, here in Rhode Island and I had tears in my eyes because it was everything that I wish I had when I was younger and just looking at the students with disabilities and seeing the students without disabilities interacting with them and it looks so genuine it doesn't look staged or phony like it, it was it was it's a great feeling to witness that and just be a part of that something so big D- describe to us what exactly is a, a banner school presentation i understand unified sports is athletes of all levels play with each other whether at the high school level or college level but what, what's a banner school what does that mean 
a, a Special Olympics banner school is um, where they can showcase that they are fully inclusive and not just in gym class, but in the entire school. Um, and if you don't want to be involved with sports, but you still want to be involved, there are other ways. There are youth activation committees. There's, um, and I always uh, think about, you know, one of my very best friends when I was in high school um, said, come sit with me at lunch. And just that, um, just that simple gesture makes the world of an impact on a person with a disability. And I know, I'm sure, um, I know this is a bigger definition about banner school, um, but um, I'd say the best way I would summarize it is that you are fully inclusive, very involved. Uh, you, you know, come sit with me for lunch or just a, a hello or hi. Mm -hmm. I always say that you have no idea what somebody is going through, what they've been through, what happened five minutes before you saw them. But yeah. even a, a simple hello and hi can, can really, you can, it could change somebody's world in, in ways that a lot of people don't even pay attention to. Being an athlete leader, for everything that you've done, everything that you've accomplished, you're on your way to Berlin, correct? Yes. You're going to be out there in the World Games. You're going to be participating in the Global Athlete Congress. Have you been to Europe? Have you been to Berlin? I did go to Ireland back in 2003. Um, we have a television show here in Rhode Island called Special Olympics Round Magazine, where the entire crew are made up of Special Olympics athletes. And uh, we were very fortunate that we got to go cover the World Games in Ireland um, in 03. Um, but this will be my first time going to Germany. And I'm interested to see what it's like, the culture. I've even taken up an interest in learning some uh, some of the terms. Like, I, you know, I'm not fluent, but I've uh, learned some ba basic thing, ba basic German terms. I know I know a little bit of German, too. Most of it has to do with food and getting to the airport on time. So. I, I won't give you any of the food advice. A decent bus zoom Fugenhaven. Is this the bus to take me to the airport? I, I know that pretty easily. <laughs> so with your role as, a, as an athlete leader, what exactly are you going to be doing out in Berlin? So I am one of um, 12 athletes from Special Olympics North America who are part of the Global Athlete Congress. And um, attending the Congress that I will be sitting in meetings um, and sessions learning about how I can improve as an athlete leader and things that I can take back home and teach to people back at home as well. And I'll be presenting on a project that I've been spending working on for almost a year. What project is that? If you don't mind me asking. Sure. It's called a, um, an athlete leadership university. So every single athlete, um, that I know of is, uh, creating a project that'll benefit our programs, uh, as part of global uh, Congress requirements. And I chose to do mine around athlete leadership because I'm I'm very passionate about that. And I chose to create an athlete leadership university, which is a series of classes that athletes are taking if they want to become or continue to be athlete leaders uh, here in Rhode Island. I love that. That's cool. So you're, you're basically opening up the door for more folks. Yes. And, so and that's a big, and that's a big part of um, my position as the athlete leadership specialist, um, here uh, at Special Olympics Rhode Island, you know, giving other other athletes more opportunities. 
That's cool. And so that's that's going to be awesome. That's going to take place during the World Games. So is there anything in particular that you really are interested in seeing and experiencing in Berlin? Is it the food, the culture, the music, the community? Is there anything that stands out? I have to say, I'm looking forward to the overall experience and meeting people that I've seen virtually for well over a year. I look forward to meeting them in person, but I'm very excited for the overall experience. I can dig it. You sick of Zoom like a lot of us, right? Yeah, but you got to do it when you need to. So I, I try not to complain. So you got to get it done the, the best way possible. So when you're not being a leader, when you're not being an athlete, when you're not cheering on your friends, your family, your boyfriend, what are you getting into? Like, what do you do for fun? Like, what are you watching? Are you watching something on Netflix? What are you listening to? Well, I'm a true 90s kid. Um, I grew up loving the whole TGIF lineup, like Full House, Family Matters, um, Perfect Strangers. I love shows like that. And I love go um, going back in time and binge watching those all over again. Um, but I have other hobbies. You know, I enjoy um, working with pictures, like taking pictures, making albums. I um, During the worst of COVID, um, I made uh, photo books for my family and I made one for each member of my family. So it was just me and that person. So I, I really enjoy um, making photo books. The creativity is right there. I love it. I'm a, 90, I'm a 90s kid too. Favorite TGIF show, which one was it? Uh, it was a tie between Perfect Strangers and Full House. Full House. Okay. Also, little, little Olsen twins going on there. Okay. I could dig it. Stephanie was my favorite because she was a middle child and I'm a middle child. So there's a little bit of relatability there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what do you, what do you listen to? Any particular musicians? I like a variety of music. Um, some of my favorites are uh, New Kids on the Block. I've been a blockhead since the 80s. Is that, smart, is that Marky Mark? Or am I mixing <laughs> things up? That's not Mark Warburg, right? I think he uh, uh, did it at one point, but then uh, Donnie is one, um, one of the right. original members. Right. Um, but I, um, I like I like uh, varying artists. I'm uh, a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Um, yeah, I like all types uh, all types of music. Okay, I'm gonna get myself together. I'm I'm over here mixing up the uh, the Wahlbergs. I, I need to <laughs> I need to get my stuff together. You know, Mary Ellen, having this conversation with you, I feel like you are. You're, you're not even like glue. I said you're like the glue. You hold everything together in Rhode Island. You're like the whole toolbox. So like you, <laughs> you, you come in equipped and you, you, you doing everything. You're helping other people out. You're, you're doing things for yourself. You, you're the whole toolbox. What makes Special Olympics so great of an organization? There's so many people who just kind of see Special Olympics and they go, oh, it's cool what they do. Why should they give it a second glance and say, maybe I should just show up or volunteer or maybe I should research a little bit more? What makes the organization so stand out? Because it's for people with disabilities. That's the first thing that comes to my mind and that we are year round. Like, you know, we talked about misconceptions before. Some people think that it's just summer games or is a one time thing. It's not like we have year round sports. I have friends who uh, compete in skiing in the wintertime. Um, but that's when I would do my bowling in the wintertime. Um, you got summer, fall, there's something for every season. Um, and I love to uh, tell people, you know, get, uh, encourage them and get involved. Um, my nieces and nephews, um, they've uh, been to events with me. They've, um, uh, the older ones are old enough to volunteer. My youngest niece loves making artwork for me that I can show my friends. Um, 
and it's just a great it's a great feeling to be involved i certainly understand that and when you're on the way to to berlin on that flight out you're gonna have a lot of time to sit down and, and catch up on quite a few episodes of full house <laughs> yep <laughs> you're gonna have time and then I, I gotta ask you this you're up in rhode island red sox so i'm not a big, well okay. i'm not i'm not a big fan of like watching sports all the time um i do come from a family of um new england sports fans um my boyfriend is a diehard new england fan of all those teams so i'm a fan by association so i I'll, so i'll watch a game uh, uh like i'm not gonna say i'm a I'm a true blooded uh, Red Sox fan because I don't watch every game. Like once in a blue moon, I will. So I, I support what um, the guys in my family and my boyfriend likes. So. so you're you're there with the the Celtics, the Patriots, and the Sox. I do like watching basketball. Um, so I like the Cel- uh, You know, I know it's a touchy subject right now, but I, I do like the Celtics. I do like the Providence College Friars as far as uh, college teams go. So. Favorite athlete of all time. Professional sports or can it be a special because athlete? Give me, give me two. Give me two. Give you take your pick. Give me two. Hmm. I'd say as a professional athlete. I'm having a hard time thinking of a professional athlete, but I keep as, thinking of as long as it's not Tom Brady. As long as it's not Tom Brady, we we be cool. I will not say Tom Brady. Great. <laughs> Maybe I'll say Larry Bird as a professional. I'll take um, that. And there's a uh, friend um, that I've known over the years through Special Olympics. He's someone I look up to. He's like a big brother to me. His name is Henry. So he's an inspiration to me, as is Loretta Claiborne. Uh, and we're familiar with Loretta. We had an episode with Loretta right here on Agents of Inclusion. I encourage everyone to check it out. Tell us about Henry. Um, so Henry is a special mix athlete. He um, he's actually um, the first athlete who uh, got involved with our television show. And he's led that for a long time. He was an athlete. Um, he's done various sports and he's just he's got great big brother qualities that you, you just love about him. He's just so friendly. And um, I always say in Special Olympics, you know, I've made so many great friends and we are like a second family. Our office, we work. You know, we work in different departments, but we work together. Um, and, and my friend Henry is really like a big brother. No, we talked about um, that friendship um, where like someone says, come sit with me at the lunch table. And someone who did that for me back in the day has been the epitome of a lifelong best friend. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. I am godmother to um, her son. And, you know, that's just one example of the many friendships you can have with a person with a disability, an intellectual disability, any type of disability. I love it. It's it's a sense of community. And I, mm. I'm always going to go back to what you said. Sometimes it's as simple as saying, hey, do you want to sit down and have lunch? It's it's a lot of the simple things that open up doors and it could really change your life forever. Mary Ellen, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and, and tell us about you, your story and everything that you've already had an impact on. I look forward to meeting you sooner than later in person as well, because you ain't just the glue to the office. You, you the whole <laughs> toolbox. And now you're going all over the world. Thank you very much. I wish you nothing but the best in Berlin. Good luck, okay? All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you.
Thank you to Mary Ellen for sharing her story and being an advocate for others. And that's right, she's not the glue holding things together. She's the entire toolbox. She has it all. Good luck to Mary Ellen and every athlete participating in the Global Athlete Congress. They're going forward to help implement change. And if you want to help implement change in your city, in your state, in your town, go to specialolympics.org to find a local event or program near you. There are events all over the world, all year round. That means wherever you live too. Learn how inclusivity is a benefit to all of us in society. I'm JR from CBS Sports Radio. This is the Agents of Inclusion podcast brought to you by Special Olympics and Odyssey. New episodes drop every Wednesday, but don't just subscribe. Go outside and be inclusive.